The internet changed everything for sales and marketing. Artificial intelligence is going to change everything again. Welcome to AI for Sales, a show that looks at how artificial intelligence is changing sales. Join noted author, speaker, and AI for Sales expert Chad Burmeister as he interviews cutting-edge founders, CEOs, CROs, CMOs, other business executives, and AI experts on the weekly AI for Sales podcast. Join the AI for Sales revolution. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, CEO of ScaleX.ai and the co-founder of SalesClass.ai. And today I've got a special guest calling in from Zurich, Switzerland, a place I've only touched down for an, a, a stopover one time. So I'm excited actually to get there one day. James is the CEO of Cognizm and Cognizm plays in the space of not only data, but also the email cadencing tool as well as phone and so really a whole all-in-one solution. So we're gonna to talk to James today about AI for sales and where things are headed in the future. So James, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Chad. Exciting, exciting. So it's funny, I always get asked, is, am I in a virtual background or am I in my office? Most people think I'm in the office. Um, it, uh, I think you've fooled me too, and, unless you're really in an office. No, this is virtual, and uh, yeah, just uh, the the my shirt's matching the color of the chair behind me, so uh, <laughs> so I'm blending in. Get a blend, yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of interesting. Um, I actually met with uh, with this diversity uh, person in Pennsylvania the other day, and he had a good point. He said, "Physical offices. If you go in, one of the subtleties around being a good diverse CEO is to have different artwork on the wall." And I was like, "Oh." So now I need to upgrade my virtual wall to have uh, yeah, exactly. different artwork, right? <laughs> Makes it be easy to replace it. Uh, yeah, can, it uh, is easier to replace. You don't have to spend $10,000. I could have a Mona Lisa if I wanted yeah, to. Exactly. So, uh, very interesting. So you're the CEO of Cognizm. I think you said you started in 2017 and you've grown well into the seven figures, um, 10 million plus range. So congrats. That's a that's a big move. What... Um, Tell us a little bit about how the company came into being and, and you know, what are you guys, uh, what are you working on? Sure. So, uh, I, yeah, my, my um, former life was I was a trader. So I used to trade um, German power carbon um, and oil. Uh, and I used to be an algo trader. So I used to be like, compute, like write computer programs that traded the markets. And one of the, the, the key bits of technology that super, was really interesting to me as a trader was um, like processing news for events. So, you know, you'd, you'd look at, um, you know, some, some uh, shock to the oil market, you know, um, some sort of military action or something like capturing that. And then, you know, being able to make the algorithm react to that. So, uh, you know, when, when I started the business, it was really like, okay, how can we take that technology that works in trading and is very, you know, quite established in the trading world and bring it into the sales world. So it was really like, you know, like, you know, you look at LinkedIn, where you just have contacts and business information, like what would happen if you could bring event data into that as an extra dimension of data. Um, and, you know, you know, the, the easy example is to say, okay, you know, a, co a company raised funding, you know, so, so give me all the companies that raised funding or companies hired um, employees or, or they just hired a new sale. So bringing that kind of event data in helps you build better, more relevant audiences. And so that was really, um, you know, where the tech, where we took our technology at the beginning of 2017, um, you know, away from 
our original idea was a fintech idea and then we moved pivoted into sales and marketing. Got it. That's cool. When I was the head of sales and marketing for Connect and Sell, um, I think we were 8 million when I joined. We were maybe 14 or 15 million after a couple of years. And we really didn't have a marketing program at the time um, in the traditional sense, right? Paid ads and Google and search optimization. What we did was leveraged exactly what you're talking about, only it was very homegrown. So it was kind of hodgepodge together, right? How do we check who's hiring for inside sales? Um, who just hired a new VP of sales? And trying to pull all that trigger and alert data into a platform, it took time, energy, money, and it broke every once in a while. So yeah. it sounds like you've, um, you've, you've put together the product that actually does all that. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so that was where we originally went with our technology. And, and then, um, you know, we've been heavily invested in machine learning, AI, because um, actually uh, one of our, my early investors, also uh, a friend, um, is who's on our, chief, our chief science officer, James Hudson, the former head of AI at Bloomberg. Um, so he does our data science side. And then, uh, you know, we built on that, which is the event technology, uh, which is something that he specialized at, at Bloomberg. And then also the other area we focused on on the machine learning side is um, understanding all that contact data you have in your CRM, and then being to, able to extract out um, ICP, um, you know, your your ideal customer profile, uh, and then reach back into the data asset and find similar people, so lookalike audiences. So that's another area that we we really invested in in terms of machine the machine learning technology. Got it. I I once interviewed the head of data science from Inside View for my book AI for Sales. And it, it was amazing how he, he talked about looking at your current customers and saying, hey, here's the, let's say I have 150 customers. And he was able to show me an upper right quadrant. These are the customers you should find more of because they can spend a lot of money and stay for a long time. And the bottom was, yeah, they'll spend a little bit of money, but they'll stay for a long time. The lower left was they'll spend a little bit of money and they won't even stay. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, are you asking me to fire those 50 customers? He goes, no, 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 no. You just go find more look, more lookalikes to your top upper right quadrant. And that's yeah. how you scale your business. Yeah. It's really, it's really about like, what do you want your BDMs pipeline to be full of, right? Like, do you want it full of companies that are going to, you know, pay the same money, but have low retention, but because, you know, you generally, especially the early stage company, you don't really, uh, you know, we didn't, you know, because we were a pretty green team when we started, we didn't really know what an ideal customer looked like, especially in terms of retention, because you need like a couple of years of data to understand what retention really looks like in your industry. And it's shifting, right? Like a great retention last year, which might have been like an events company would have been great for retention this last year, is terrible for retention this year because of COVID, right? Um, so it's shifting and uh, like as well. Um, so because of the, the industry dynamics, um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's really about like filling the BDMs pipeline with quality. So if you can really understand your ICP, pick the, that audience and then build your outreach um, lists uh, on that, then you can fill your BDM with quality. And the same with if you have too many inbounds, not, not a problem that everybody has, but if you have too many inbounds that you can really um, sort out the ones that, that you, you know, your high quality prospects. And again, make sure your BDMs are filled sure. with the best quality pipeline. I, I always liken that to um, gas in the tank, right? If you, if you buy bad gas and you're going to get pings and your engine could go out of commission. So you, you always have to be constantly figuring out how to upgrade the gas in the tank. How did you get into 
Well, you know, as far as your passion, if you think back to when you were younger, right, you obviously changed industries a couple of times, it sounds like. Um, when you were a teenager, even before that, right, what were you excited about when you were a kid that caused you to one day get to where you are now? Uh, I mean, I was always in computers, um, so I was always a bit geeky with computers. Um, uh, you know, my, my stepfather was um, a, a salesman, um, so, you know, like, I, I guess, like, you know, usually programmers aren't very good at personal, uh, you know, like, um, I guess, like, you know, um, what's the best way of putting it? Like, yeah, uh, pers- like, I suppose, like, communicative, uh, they're not, they're not very, they don't, you know, they're, they're usually a bit more introverted, right, is, is the best way of saying um but like I was my sales my, my stepfather was a salesman so I learned a lot from uh, I suppose like him he had a set of sales videos which John Cleese did in the 80s you know the John Cleese uh, from Fawlty Towers and Monty Python yep. um so so I'd watched those um I guess a, a bit of got a bit of that in um in terms of sales knowledge and uh, understanding sales my step my sorry my, my father was an entrepreneur he, he ran um like a small chemicals business and he also ran like a comic later ran a comic book shop and comic con in um in in uh, the uk um so he ran the manchester comic con started the manchester comic con and also ran a comic book shop so i had entrepreneurship in the family as well on an ongoing basis so uh you know yeah i, I think those those things were kind of inspirational uh, and then i suppose you know you know i after university, I took pretty much a normal career path. I went into investment banking, which is almost what uh, 90% of all the students at my university did at the time. Um, but, you know, I, I'd seen friends start companies and that kind of inspired me to, to I suppose, like take the leap in my mid thirties from, um, from, you know, like a, I guess like a, you know, like a, being a, uh, you know, like a normal, having a, a standard career um, to, to actually like taking a leap into entrepreneurship and starting my own business and then really it's just a case of like where i am now is just pivoting start with one idea and then you pivot till you get to a, a good idea that you, you this has traction rather than that i wanted to go into sales and marketing as a, as a specific place it just became the destination yeah got it um how many people do you have on the on the team in your company now about 170. Uh, so it sounds like a lot, but we've got um, a lot of them are in Macedonia. So we have like a big data ops team uh, that does a lot of the data work in, in Macedonia, Northern Macedonia. And, um, you know, it's not very expensive, so you can have a lot more people. Um, we have all our software engineers in Croatia. So we have a very low cost base. Um, most of our sales and marketing team are now in the U- UK. We also acquired a company in Germany. So we have um, staff in Germany. And then we have a small team in New York right now, um, and uh, one person in Vancouver, uh, in Canada, um, and and yeah, so and we've also got an office in Singapore. So we've got quite an international base. We, we've actually just also started to hire in South Africa. Um, so so we've got like quite a nice international base at the moment, um, and our aim is really to to have a low cost. Um, like infrastructure um, that can that then you know we can kind of really compete with some of our larger rivals that have you know um, far more resources than we do. Sure. Well, I ran the AI against your LinkedIn profile uh, while we were talking here, and so I'm using this new technology. It's called Codebreaker technology, and it's in four languages, and it's called a bank code. So I asked you about the number of employees you have because. 
the number one, it, it this thing, and you can tell me if this is right or wrong, but it has you as one and two are closely tied. So number one, nurture. Number two, action. Nurture means you dis, dislike inauthentic or fake people. You enjoy training, motivating, and coaching others. You need interaction with people, groups, and teams. And so I think of a CEO with a team of 170 people leading from that place of strength. My CRO is 68 percentile in nurturing. And he was the former SVP of sales for Miller Hyman for eight years. And so he had a large team and they rolled up a lot of companies and, and um, where mine is bold action and I pull over the bowling pins and nurture, I think is probably my third um, action knowledge. And, and so it's always interesting um, nurturing and, and where I see this space going and, and I'd love to get your thoughts and, and opinions, you know, think about a year out, two years out, what happens. But when you have tools like this that can read or hear text and then convert it into a code break and say, oh, this person responds in this way. And that person, you should send a message that looks and sounds a little differently. So imagine if you were sending out an email blast to 500 people and it could compartmentalize the nurturing lead versus action versus blueprint versus knowledge and change the way the email looks and feels, it'd be ideal to do it in an automated basis, right? One person- Yeah, no, definitely on scale, right? I mean, I, I mean that's one of the things we focus on, right? It's like, how do you get a great response rate? I mean, you know, uh, for all of us, right? Like the, the, you know, the, I love this market because it's really, I think, a market that's um, evolving. It's getting, um, you know, stronger and stronger. It's still very young, This, you know, like all these technologies coming together which all is feeding into be you know salespeople being into outreach and get good response rates from their campaigns so that they can drive their own businesses and you know we can all grow great companies and create lots of jobs right which is you know like one of our main goals so um yeah i mean the the the, the personalization aspect of actually you know like the the problem is that all this technology becomes mass, it doesn't become personalized and people get very bored of seeing the same things you know the tension span goes down so personalization is going to be absolutely critical to to keep people engaged um and to for, you know and to make sure that there's a good um differentiated content so people are engaged and responding and new business happening um you know so so yeah it's critical for the future what what do you think about the role of the sales development rep and business development rep i i felt it get hit a little bit during COVID because you cut marketing budget and then, oh, well, hey, you're a seller. You got to get back on the phones and make your own dials. And so I think a lot of companies kind of looked at it as a luxury. And so they, they may have reduced that by a bit. Do you think AI has a negative impact on the sales development role? Or do you think it'll actually rebound post pandemic and come back bigger than ever? I mean, for both your, I guess your SDRs and your BDMs, um, you want them as efficient as possible, right? You and efficient, right? You want to take away all of the repetitive, boring tasks that they do, and you want them engaging, right? With with in real conversations with people to get um, you know new business in because that's really where their time is most valued, right? Um, and so you do that's what the AI tools are there to do um, in, in terms of like to take a strip away all of the boring work right like that's that's really where the technology comes in so 
you know, that that's what we found, you know, if we look, if I look at companies that furloughed staff cut back in technology spend, right, they're suffering, right? If they're seeing like companies that, well, we're not seeing any sort of drop in growth. Like we, we did a tiny bit in, um, uh, you know, right on the, the March when we went into furlough shutdown in Europe, we had like a bad, you know, that was one small bad month, but it wasn't even too bad. Um, and then we've just grown because we didn't, we didn't, we didn't. Companies made a mistake if they cut back and they cut back on technology. Um, and, and the, you know, that, you know, you, you know, that's a mistake. You know, you what you want to invest in new technology. You want to invest in the best technology, and you want to make your BDMs and BDR, BDR, your um, SDRs and your BD, BDMs as efficient as possible. Yeah, um, I think the other thing that I've seen through the last six to eight months is that now industries that normally don't invest in this kind of technology have started to invest in this technology. Are are you seeing that as well? Yeah, I think in Europe, right, we're a couple of years behind you in the in, in America. Uh, like, uh, you know, UK is probably like two years behind you. Uh, you know, the rest of Europe is probably another two years behind the UK in terms of adoption of technology, even sales cadencing technology or CRM even. Um, so, you know, we're a bit behind, we're catching up. Um, one of our main things that we see is that we have to do a lot of education of clients to get them um, you know, to get them even to adopt the technology that we're selling. Um, I think in the US you're ahead. Um, and, you know, yeah, that, that definitely you see the, the trend um, of, of, you know, it, it's once you can show clients what you do, you show them case studies, they can see the benefits. And then it's just about um, companies ad adopting new working practices, sales teams adopting new workflows, marketing teams accepting new workflows. And that's the hardest part of, I guess, our job, right, as uh, CEOs, business leaders, is to educate and convince people that they need to adopt new workflows and, you know, stop doing the, you know, stop wasting their team's time on repetitive tasks. Yeah. Um, and so, so, you know, that, that that's, you know, uh, the function of what we do. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I think Lori Richardson um, from Scoremore Sales at an AISP event about three years ago, when, when we first started talking AI for sales, she's, she said the exact thing. She said, you know, it's all about uh, minimizing the number of repetitive tasks so that that reps can focus on higher value work. Yeah. And so totally. if you really think of it and you're in sales and you want to be in sales and that's your profession, then who wouldn't want to get rid of the of the monotonous tasks, right? There, yeah. there's a handful of people who who like to hit the send all button on email, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like the SDR role is, I I think it's the hardest role in the company, right? It's it's, and that's why the lifespan of an SDR is generally you know quite short, um, and it has like a you know a, a large churn churn rate. I mean, we we really want to make that role as fun as productive and as interesting as, as possible it's usually the first sales role right like people should be coming in and having a great experience in that role um, and if you give them just tons of list building admin um you know data work um uh, you know especially as they grad generally right young people in their first role in their job they're usually very inexperienced they need the support of intelligent systems to get them productive quickly um, you know, that that's, I think, you know, something else we need to all bear in mind as leaders that, you know, um, like how tough that role is uh, and how, you know, um, 
people coming out of you know college university in their first roles are suddenly thrown into a role where they're they, they've got um extra uh, measured in, in a way that they've probably never been measured before on an almost daily basis right weekly basis monthly basis hitting a revenue target which they probably never had that experience before yeah right well it sounds like cognizant is right at the bleeding edge of ai and machine learning especially as it comes to sourcing the data and then executing emails, executing phone calls, et cetera. Um, if you think forward, December, 2021, what's changed in the next 12 to 14 months? I hope I can travel again. <laughs> that would be like one, <laughs> one thing. We can, we're not all in lockdown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, um, for us, there's some very interesting things happening right now, right? Like, I suppose, like, um, you know, one big, um, you know, change is intent data. For instance, different new data types coming in, intent data is now becoming more common um, in terms of um, being blended into the data sets that we, we have. Uh, I think that's 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 one change. New new data sets, new, new types of data that we, we bring into the sales process that become more common practice. Uh, I think that's one thing. Um, you know, we have our revenue AI technology, which is we just we're just rolling out now and putting into new processes. So AI being more more there. Um, I was just I just saw a new cool system uh, this week, which is like. I, like I'm a, a fan of Gong.io and Chorus. You know, I've used those platforms. I really like those platforms. Um, now, real-time uh, analysis of voice. So, you know, the, the real-time, like an Alexa, but for sales, uh, where, you know, the, 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 as the client's speaking to you, you're being shown uh, new, uh, like, flashcards or That sounds like Alto software. Is that who you're talking about or a different one? Oh, it's a different one. Okay, I'd have to look uh, at those. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's probably another one. So, but I, I saw a, a, a different, it's actually called Copilot, but, you, you know, okay. uh, you might have find a hard time searching for it because there's quite a few Copilot. <laughs> yeah, um, but, it, but it's, um, yes, yeah, so I saw that. But, the, yeah, there's probably, like, a, a few in that space, right, um, that, that I need to dig into. But, the, the, but that, I thought that was quite cool. I think it's quite young, that technology. And, you know, you can imagine that technology then uh, me measuring tonality in real time for reps. So, you know, like, you know, you see, I'm sure you see it, right? There are, there is a um, talent, um, you know, you, you see differences between BDMs. So there are BDMs that can close at a far higher rate than other BDMs. But why is that, right? Like it's the, you know, the, the you know, you can't get everybody uniform. I don't know, maybe you've seen that. Can you get... I haven't seen a company where everybody that you've got uniform performance across BDMs, right? There is a talent issue. So the question is like, as we start to do those real-time analytics of BDMs, can we get, can we, can we help the weakest performing BDMs and get their conversion rates higher uh, because of real-time analysis of tonality, language, things that they miss, battle cards coming in. I think that's a very cool area um, that, that to be explored. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's loads of innovation. I I love. I'm an angel investor across lots of different uh, sales and marketing tech. Um, you know, you know, just look at like new 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 products that do pipeline analysis. Uh, the the um, yeah, that real time uh, real time um, call auditing. I mean, yeah, the, it's a really exciting time. I think. Uh, in have terms have of you seen around. a company called Hyperize? I haven't seen them yet. There's so um, many. That's the thing, right? Yeah, it's like a, you should yeah. check this one out. It's with an S, so okay. I think it's the European spelling of hyperize. Okay. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be a Z. Z. Okay. Right. Here in the U.S., but um, in an email or on your website or on a YouTube video, they have an agency model where you really don't have to spend that much money, and you can leverage across all your customers, 
and you can plug in and it'll, it'll map to my name. It could put my website in a YouTube video. It could even be like a real time book and it'll show my name on the cover of the book on the website. So when you go there and you type in your name, the whole experience of the site gets customized. They can do it by IP address mapping, all kinds of things. And it just, when we talk about hyper-personalization at scale, it, it seems to me to be one of the, the ones that, uh, that could help do that. Great. I'll have a look at that. Yeah. Sounds great. So no, that's interesting. And um, tell the audience a little bit more cognizant. I, I run into a lot of companies who are selling into Europe and there's technologies like zoom info and sales Intel and that generally do a pretty good, a very good job of us coverage. Um, when it comes to Europe, I haven't really found too many solutions. I think there was one Chrome plugin that I heard about that plugs in and can scrape data, but it, it lacked phone numbers and LinkedIn URLs. It sounds to me like your, your application would be a huge gap filler for companies maybe that are US-based or global that are trying to sell into Europe. Is that an accurate assessment? Yeah, so, so we have clients that, you know, um, we, we have great North America data as well. Um, but yeah, our core strength is um, European data. You know, we, we're, we're headquartered in, in Europe. Um, you know, we, we are actually regulated in, in Europe. So that's a good big benefit because, you know, Europe has its own uh, regulations, uh, GDPR. Um, also, you know, there's, there's quirks in each country. Like in the UK, we have a do not call list. So, you know, we, we clean against those do, do not call lists. Um, so that's, that's another important reason that you want to, you know, potentially look at a, like a, a provider that's based in Europe. Um, but yeah, we have great European coverage. We have like a number of big um, name multinationals, um, the US companies that have selected us, you know, they might use other providers, um, you know, like uh, we've got a couple of clients that, you know, uh, where they, they have Zoom Info and they have us, or they have Clearbit and they have us. Um, so, so, you know, like it's, um, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's our kind of core strength is the European data and it being compliant and that we can kind of advise on uh, in particular about the, the outreach in each country because you know also it's not a really uniformly uh, implemented law GDPR uh, regulation it, like there's there's differences between countries and we can also help with that and the outreach in in different countries in Europe. Got it and then it, it seems to me that it's an all-in-one solution so if I've got one two three four even five reps I probably want to use your data your emailing platform your dialing platform no need to buy any other technologies um Right. So, and guess yeah, what? I, I say our, our platforms are great, a great starting point um, for, for sales cadencing. And then, you know, we've got great partnerships, a great partnership with sales loft, um, for instance, um, you know, so when you get to the bigger size and you're, you, you want to, um, you know, uh, get to like a larger number of seats, you know, that's, a, you know, that, that, you know, we, we, for instance, partner um, with them um, at the kind of larger level. Um, but yeah, so, so, so I think that our platform's a great starting place uh, for an all-in solution and a kind of turnkey solution to get your revenue engine going. And then, you know, depending on, um, you know, how you're scaling, uh, you maybe you want to pick up a, other uh, platforms at a later stage, but we're a great, a great all-in-one solution to get to get going. So if you've got three, four, five reps, you need data internationally and domestically in the U.S., international, et cetera. Um, I think I read that you charge between 15, 20K for that kind of a deployment. That comes with the data, the emailing, the dialing. 
And I think a lot of companies spend just 15K for the data alone. So, yeah, so right. we're very cost effective. We're a very cost effective solution. We've got a great customer success team. I think we, you know, we've got like if you look at our um, ratings online, G Crowd. Um, you know, we've got one of the best ratings. Um, you know, in terms of uh, the, the the customer satisfaction. So yeah, I think um, you know it's a great it's a great place. Uh, you know, yeah, happy to anybody wants to come our way. We're happy to kind of demo the solution to you and show you the value. Yeah, I, you know, we get requests, probably one in 10 that are Europe coverage. So we definitely should have a conversation after this and Great. see what makes sense to, uh, to partner. So, well, fabulous talking with you today. If someone wants to get a hold of, of you directly or someone on your sales team, I know with 170 people, I'm sure you've got people who could take an incoming call. Uh, For sure. what, what would be the best way to get a hold of someone on your team or yourself? Yeah, so so myself, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn, uh, and then you know, in terms of uh, reaching us, our website www.cognizum.com. Um, so so you, know, you can come to the website and um, and then just uh, you know register for a, a demo, and somebody will contact you immediately. Outstanding. Well, this has been fabulous. You've shared a lot of new technologies that I had not heard of, and I enjoyed the dialogue. I hope our audience has found some business value here as well. James, congratulations on the success at your business. And uh, we'll see you in 2021 on, on the road somewhere, hopefully, by then. Great. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me, Chad. And great speaking to you. Thank you, everyone. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of the AI for Sales podcast with Chad Burmeister. As we advance into the future, we promise to bring you the resources you need to navigate the ever-changing landscape of sales to help you 5x, 10x, or even 100x your sales motion sales velocity through artificial intelligence. To access the show notes or leave a review, visit www.scalex.ai. Until next time.